wafting across the pastoral vistas of the new basement studios by the lake, this is the Atlantic Voice Podcast, 3,000 Miles of Opinion. This is Atlantic Voice Podcast, I'm Zef. And I'm Eric. We're suddenly doing something very strange and unfamiliar. We're sitting across We're from sitting, each other doing a podcast. <laughs> doing a podcast, yeah. We have not. I, I think we should explain to our regular listeners, and there are many of you out there, I know we, we our, our show schedule has been somewhat erratic as of late. Mm-hmm. Because we have lives. It's that uh, simple. Yeah, too much life. That's what I'm going to say there. We, in this, the household here, the studio household, I guess we'd call it, mm. by the new basement studios by the lake, we've had each of the members of the household has had COVID, but not from each other. So okay. we had a segment where I had COVID and, and that was, you know, secluded off in one room for okay. a week and a half or whatever it was. And now the other member is just coming off of COVID. We've had uh, one of the members has been in Europe for two and a half weeks. And before that, we were in Denver for a while. And we've been oh, all over the place. Yeah. And um, so it's been pretty tough to find a weekend. And then the weekends you're home when you do that. You're like, I have so many things to get done. You because know? you've been traveling. Exactly. Yeah. You haven't been around. The, the, I found that you can... I was always used to be a diligent lawnmower and catching it every week. Um, at best, you know, every two weeks now. So it gets kind of long, but you know, it's I did out notice fine. walking into the new basement studios by the well, lake. I'm like, you know, that pouring rain last weekend, which like yeah. locked because you couldn't go out and do anything because it poured rain yeah, like crazy right. last weekend. But as a result, it is now manifesting itself as excessive growth of lawn. Not that yeah. I have a large lawn. So you, so let me ask you, someone who is non-horticultural, because I don't have a garden. Mm-hmm. Do will you? Like try and do something to it over the next couple of weeks, or will you just sit and go, yeah, fall and winter here soon, and it just all dies off. How does uh, that work? No, no. I mean, I'll do the mowing and trimming, and you know, we we have a little bit of help from outside. Somebody who sort of does the cleanup okay. every once a month comes through, deals with weeds and things like that. I do. I have been struggling. We we got a bunch of landscaping done, and these particular plants. Um, they, I, if you're not out there watering the thing like twice a week. They it's, die? Yeah, because oh, they, wow. because when you plant a new plant, it's just it's kind of like it's in the pot, mm. right? So like once they get bigger and their roots go out there, they can get the water they need from everywhere, but you really okay. got to give them like a pot full of water all the time. I think this one plant is too vulnerable, so like last time I replaced a couple of them. This time I think I'm going to do something different because I just I need something that I have to chase down less. You have been, for as long as I've known you, you have been a, a relatively consistent vegetable grower. Well, yeah. And right? the, well, the, this, the, the, the new basement plant studios plants. by the lake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The new basement studios by the lake, unfortunately, is uh, most of the property. It's downhill. Like the sun is on an uphill side okay. and it's only in the front. And so it's really horrible for that stuff. I've grown some in pots and I could get away with like a little bit of lettuce early in the year. I think the like winemaking term is that's the terroir. Yeah. Terroir. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I remember the old uh, the old basement studios. Yeah, we had great – they'd face south and had a little – you know, it was a compact garden, garden, but it was like uh, this whole thing. Peppers, yeah. tomatoes. Yeah, I do, I do think I, – I think there's some space in the front where I could do – uh, I think I'm just going to keep it simple and do like peppers and tomatoes yeah. or something like that and like not try to grow the carrots and other kind of things that like take a little bit more effort. And you yes, that takes a bit of time and a bit of effort. So anyway, that's that's that. And I, yeah, was, yeah. I traveled too. I was in England for a couple that's of weeks true. over the yeah. summer and then yeah. I went I went to Gloucester, Massachusetts. Home of the Perfect Storm. You ever seen that movie, the George Clooney movie? We went to the town. I was going to say it's home of the Gloucester fisherman with his yellow slicker and yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We went there and uh, I dropped my cell phone in the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Uh, but it's like uh, it is technically. Related to the perfect storm in yes. that it is the intersection of your <laughs> life and water. <laughs> yes. But not, no. you know, it is the opposite end of that yeah. technically related spectrum. Yes, but the phone was lost and then I had to get a new phone and I tried. Lost? I, like it well, no, I, well, no, or okay. it died? It died, but it didn't die. I had presumed that the minute it went in the toilet, it would die. No, but it didn't die. It yeah, was yeah. still running. They have the, uh, like, resistance kind of thing. Yeah, it? but the minute I tried to charge it, that clearly fried it. Oh. Uh, so then I went to the local... Because we were right in the middle of our vacation. So yeah, I yeah. went to the local phone store up there, mm-hmm. and it was a disaster. Two young people on duty, no one else there. 
And I'm like, I'm running out of battery. We've got to find a way to get my information over. And they were like, yeah, yeah. There was no sense of urgency. Then they were like, oh, we'd forgotten to open the safe. You're going to have to wait 10 minutes. So ultimately, this is what happened. Half my information made it across and half didn't. So I've spent the last two and a half months. If any of you out there know me and you text me, don't be surprised if I come back at you with, who is this again? Because some numbers survived and some didn't. And there seemed to be no, there was definitely no chronological logic to whose number made it. Mm-hmm. So again, I've have, I lost contacts of people that I put in the phone years ago. I lost contacts from people I just put in the phone. I'd kept contacts from years ago. It's been very odd. Okay, I don't want to go down this road no, you don't have too to. much no, because you don't need it's to definitely understand. not hot podcasting, but really everything <laughs> really everything on your phone should be backed up to the cloud and you really shouldn't be running the risk of things disappearing entirely. It's like know. hard to do now without having like maybe you decline backup type things. No, I don't. I mean, I pay for cloud and all this. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so exactly. I don't. I don't. Go so anyway, I've, now I've got, a, I've got a new phone while up in Gloucester, Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there you go. A new phone. Yeah, new phone. What, which one? And we also saw an Apple. Yeah, I get, but, but what number? Oh, I get the SE. I get the cheap one with a button. <laughs> do they still make it? They do. What, it cost you 20 bucks? It was like, it's like six bucks a month on my bill. So anyway, I, got the, I get the one with the button, and I yeah. soon figure out after the first day that it's actually not a button anymore. It's just a touchpad that looks like a button. So it's some sort of weird psychological thing for people who still want a button. Yeah. Here, people, just put senior your hand citizens. here. Yeah. Uh, but people have been telling me, I, I was, my old phone was like a six from years ago. Uh-huh. We're on 15 now, just so you know. No, I know that. But I would tell people it was, be, hey, I'm the owner of, I, I was the owner of a 65 Mustang. Well, maybe that explains why it wasn't backed up because it like maybe something about that old phone was like. Just lost the capability. Not compatible with the Yeah, I, I'm probably still working on different things. But anyway, I got a new phone. Very good. And it looks like the old one. <laughs> so it's like buying. It's like having a new Mustang. that's really an old Mustang. It's like I'm a, showing you now. Yeah, so it's, got, the, it's, the it's the not a real button. There, it's yeah. a faux button. Still, yeah. It does have the Atlantic Voice uh, thing. Oh, still the, the background carryover. No, but that was like <laughs> the first thing I did. But the first thing I do when I get my phone is put the background up yeah. so that it's clearly mine. Yeah. And then I had to find my dial tone or my okay. ringer thing. So anyway, All so right, that's, that's been summarized. So let's get on with the show. Yep. Um, so a topic we have talked about. You we're know, going to do a little bit of that today, in fact, because we back. We have a couple of topics that we have touched on in the past. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. Um, all in one way or another. And that's mostly because we've touched on every topic of any remote interest. Sure, that's Some true. Some people recently were asking me, I don't know how, like, most of my friends already know we do this thing, but a couple yeah. of new people got introduced to. And they're like, what's it about? And I'm like... Just stop asking what it's about. It is not about anything. It's like, not about anything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, government shutdown. You know, they're calling this the Seinfeld shutdown. Oh, why is that? Because it's, it's not, not about, about anything. anything. Because, oh. the, because the, the, the Republicans are most promoting or, like, trying to shut it down. They change their mind every day about what it's for. Like, every other shutdown was like it was about Obamacare. It was about, like, uh, building the wall, you know, Mexico. Yes, Those no, shutdowns right. were a clear thing of yes or no kind of thing. And this one, like, the, and the, the people coined that phrase, I think, are other fellow Republicans. They're like, Seinfeld shut, uh, shut down. It's not about anything. <laughs> and they quite, also, well, somebody else funny. pointed out that... One of the rules of Seinfeld, if anybody's like listening to Seinfeld, is that they said when they set it up, nobody learns any lessons. Like nobody, no character is going to get better for what happened in the episode. That's exactly before. correct. Yes. And they said also a fitting, a fitting thing for this <laughs> shutdown. It's like nobody learns any lessons. So I, I actually have over the last couple of weeks. This is just an aside. You mentioned Seinfeld. I have been catching up. I'd stopped watching it for a while. Yeah. I have been catching up on his comedians in cars watching. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a bummer that he doesn't do that anymore because I really like those. And then once you see them all, and you're like, you see, it, 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 it always promotes it on whatever. It's on Netflix now. It's on Netflix least. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they always promote it. It's like, oh, you want to watch this? And I'm like, oh, maybe there's new ones. No, they're not new ones. No, and I think the last episode already. was like three years ago. But, but there's still like a, there's still like a sort of a, a back catalog of like. Yeah. 50 Unfortunately, episodes. one of the funniest ones ever was the Louis C.K. one, and I don't. They probably have pulled that one off. No, it's still like. I just oh, haven't watched right? it yet. Okay, it's, yeah. it's one of the funniest yeah. ones. So anyway, that's all right. So, but topics we've discussed before the asteroids. We've 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 warned the world. We're happy to see that NASA is now like you know recently was getting a bit of, setting yeah. up a thing to yes. collect things with a net. But the, the event this week uh, was it was really um, I mean it was twenty years in the making, but seven years since this uh, this rover or whatever you know space item right. they sent off to an asteroid to collect. 
soil, for want of a better word, it's not technically soil, but it's the dust and dirt and whatever it is. And asteroid it brought back bits. eight ounces yeah. of the, uh, the, the asteroid is called Bennu. I don't know how you pronounce it. B-E-N-N-U. I assume it's Bennu. Bennu, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what the name Bennu comes from? Finnish? Uh, it's an oh, ancient Egyptian. Oh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. All right, well. I'm, okay. It's an ancient Egyptian. It's basically like a legendary um, bird that, uh, oh boy, now I've lost the little tab where it told me about it. But uh, I can naming, the name Bennu selected for more. It was selected for more than 8,000 student entries from dozens of countries around the world who entered a Name That Asteroid contest. And it's a, a third grade student who proposed the name based on the Egyptian mythological bird. Um, it's basically like it looks a little like a heron, but it's like a like an it, eye. it made itself a deity. It's you know it's okay. part of it. It's not a, a real bird per se. It's just a but it's a bird. It's not like <clears throat> half bird, half cat. You no, know, like no, Egypt exactly. is big it's on these half yeah. or something yeah. like that. Anyway, so they send it there, <clears throat> and they. <clears throat> Um, as you get yourself said, can I just say about this? You mentioned that the kids are in a competition. NASA have never lost this. Hey, let's have a competition of people yeah. as a way to keep people engaged yeah. in whatever they are spending public money on. A quick question before you continue. Uh, if I, the government shut down, does that mean NASA stopped working? Isn't that government right more privately funded very, now? There I mean, bunch, there's a bunch of very yeah. complicated rules about like what stops and what doesn't stop. There's a bunch of things where if the money has been allocated in a non-annual basis, like and it's boring stuff, but some of the business aspects, the Security sure. Exchange Commission or stuff, are right. dealt with in a way that they don't really shut down. They could eventually shut down. But like they air don't tra- shut we down know the air one. traffic control keep running. Right, right. right. Yeah. And there's, there's a whole emergency exception and various things like that. It's I'm sure it has an impact. I mean, because yeah. there's enough of NASA that, like, it doesn't have to be done now. No, it's true, but, yeah. like, if you're, if, you're, yeah. if you're on the crew that's yeah. monitoring yeah. the people yeah. in the yeah. space station, yeah. you probably got to keep going. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing in it. When the asteroid, this, so this thing, uh, Bennu, collected these samples and return to earth yep whether you're getting paid or not people need to get out there and collect it yeah you go collect it right but it might like you know for example the people who but if Bennu is out, to do if the Bennu next is out out there in space the two dudes can sit in the room and everyone else can take a week off right right good exactly. going on that's exactly. okay and, and like i said like so the story about it i was reading is that it took off seven years ago and so its round trip was about you know whatever seven years or something like that yeah and um i guess that would make sense if it took off seven years ago but it was in development. Like, they tried to get it approved. Like, people have been promoting this trip since, like, 15 years before that, you know? Okay. So it's been going right. on for a long time. I was about to say we were out because we've been on for more than seven years, and we were first under the whole That's asteroid yeah, yeah. thing a long I don't see, time now, ago. And now, this really brings long us time to ago. the main point I wanted to raise. And by the way, sure. so it, it brings in eight, eight ounces. They're sending off different places. They put it in a nitrogen environment, and then they're sending it places, and they're going to be studying it for, like, the next 20 years, and they'll let private parties study. I guess they just get a lot of data, and then they start sharing and the data then whatever be, it is. And then it'll be in a case of the Because one of the space. theories, like, behind these asteroids, things is that the potential origins of life come yes, from some I of these things. That. Yes. And the one thing they say, you know, we have meteorites, which are essentially pieces of asteroid that come through, but the, the trouble with a meteorite is it's burned up and cooked so much in the right. atmosphere, and the minute it lands, it's full of microbes, and so this was the only way to get, like, a pristine sample of what's essentially been around for whatever, yeah, I mean, bajillions of billions yeah, of years. Yeah, it is one of, of those, like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe this is how life has yeah. spread. Something weird about how, like, they deliver water. I, I started to f- figure this out for the podcast, but it was much too scientifically complicated where sure. the origins of water might have been brought here, and it's a certain type of oxygen, like, I isotope heard, or yes, something no. like that that somehow gets you the water, and so, like, maybe that, that's where the water came from. I heard a similar claim that they now believe there may well be buried water on Mars. Yeah. And then I also heard, because everyone is trying, or, or on the moon, I don't know, somewhere, but everyone's trying to get up to these places. But I would also heard, and I didn't pay too much attention, apparently they have found another planet in many light years away, mm-hmm. a probe has found a planet that that all of a sudden has very similar. And, and as a non-scientist, I'm going to say this all wrong, but what I mean is, it could be kind of like Earth. Yeah, yeah. 
So they have they physically found some place in some galaxy. Well, there. physically in the sense of saw, because if it's light years away, we're not getting. Oh yeah, there. no, <laughs> no, we're not getting there. But yeah. what I'm saying is, apparently NASA have confirmed now yeah, the yeah. existence. I think they do it mostly based on like the way the light comes in. Yeah. Like you can tell based on the wavelengths of light what's out there that it's yeah. reflecting off of or something like that. But anyway, hey, the asteroid. So thing, it brings it in here, which really, I, f- I forget how I was about to. I had a perfect segue, but I lost it now. But um, is. Um, Oh, the threat of it, right? Yes. Like, and the thing is, you'd like to think they're of like mind with us, that we're cognizant of the threat that the asteroids present. But really, listen, how does this movie actually play out? You bring a bunch of dirt down from the asteroid. What happens when you open that dirt? Well, no, I'm going to be very upfront with you. I've, I've, I've never gone that route with asteroids. I'm, I'm very No, we've been mostly about the impact. Yes, yes. that's I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a, the asteroids are going to hit us because that's yeah, nice and basic right. for no, my It's fair. It's, it's a different thing. Yeah. But... Still, this is the way the movie goes. This is invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, yeah. If you open thing. it yeah. up, yeah. and whether it's just that little microbe that suddenly right. is like the, the you know it's getting out there. Yes. You, know, you I'm only partway into the expanse, but there's definitely something about some different type of matter that's, that's correct, changing yeah. things around. But it's it's not like I mean some of that. What was the one? They were up in space, and it like became a like a it was like became an animal, whatever it was. It was like a big octopus that killed everybody on the space station or something like that. that. Was that was, the, was that the Cloverfield thing? Well, I mean, these are all like of like that was that was life. With okay, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, that's the one. And Ryan Reynolds. Everybody's like, oh, look, it's cute, it's a little. It's thing. cute, and then it tur- and then obviously, like anything from outer space, yeah. it turns into a monster. But like, that, but that's the version where it like turns into something you recognize. But really, yes. the, the the movie plot for the dirt having like some microbe in it is is it like. Converts everybody's brains, turns us all into zombies, something like that. Well, it's no, not I mean, like it I, becomes I, an well, animal. No, I did. I, I I shouted out invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah, which well, is those, but that was like they brought the pods down. And they well, no, but what I mean is, I night. think how they arrived, they just arrived, like sort of seeds arrived from space. It mm-hmm. wasn't that, like there are two levels of alien attack. There's there's aliens showing up on spaceships. Yeah, yeah, with the basically lasers with, and with, all that yeah. stuff. And then there is invasion of the body snatchers where more, more like this where oh the the seeds or whatever have arrived but very like in, in a very undercover way that we still go about our business without knowing. Whereas in Independence Day You've basically got to be like, yeah, yeah you know that something. I mean, like, even though right. they're different animals, it's still something we kind of understand. Yes. Oh, look, they're yeah. spaceships. Yes. We're fighting. They have right. better guns than we do. Yes. That kind of thing. I just started watching Invasion on Apple TV. Who's who's in that? Nobody recognizable. There's a guy at the beginning who looks like. Uh, I mean, it looks like. Um, I'm gonna have a quick follow-up Sam question. Sam O'Neill, maybe, but it's not Sam O'Neill. Like oh, he just—he's okay. like one of those older. <laughs> looks like I have it. noticed because you have Apple. Apple seem to have doubled down on a lot of sci-fi. Whereas on Netflix, you don't get a lot of that. No, no, that's you true. don't at all. That's I think they, you know, like there's, as you know, and I, I probably discussed on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I always have some sci-fi series that honestly is not necessarily that good. But it just keeps me occupied, and I always want to see what's going to happen. Like the hundred was that one where, like you know, oh, the world gets blown up, and you know they they don't have, they don't get caught up in like plot consistency, and they go ahead and they change the characters time to time. And when we get to obituaries, there is someone we'll briefly talk about who is famous for one thing, but he also has a couple of feet in that genre, okay. and I will bring that up in obituaries Anyways. about sci-fi, where you go, yep, that's sort of my. So that's the word. That's my worry Guilty about the pleasure. My worry about the Bennu dirt. It seems like uh, you know, like they're doing a bunch of stuff. Oh, we're going to keep it containerized and put nitrogen in there instead of oxygen. Well, and, and here's the story. I'm now going to I'm now going to quickly tie it together because I know our next topic coming over the hill is probably AI. Right. So I'm going to tie it together in AI fashion. Yeah, the germs get out. Because NASA's funding has been cut because of the <laughs> government be shutdown. Government shutdown. And so, ironically, it is man's own BS that is a great helper in yeah. his the own Seinfeld demise. shutdown leads. That yes. would be a perfect because, like, shut, yes. you know, the person, like, somebody says, listen. The copyright Atlantic it's, voice. It's, it's I'll just, just get that in there right now. It's just <laughs> a bunch of dirt. You all have to go home. We're not paying you. You can't yeah, come into work. And then the and then the leader is going to, the leader of the project is going right. to be like, no, no, or maybe not the leader. The leader probably plays along. Right. But somebody a little bit further down who's, like, the real expert, yes. but maybe, you know, has got home life, you know, like, hasn't really achieved the time, is trying to sound the alarms. That, no, 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 no. We have to be on top right. of that thing and watching everything that's going to happen. And then 
and then they say, break- no, no, you're being silly. Go home. You know, you have to go home. We're not even going to let you in the building. And then, you know, cut to like sleepless night and then cut to the lab where things are starting to happen. And then some security guy looking yeah, somebody like somebody grabs office a you, you know, Actually, this kind of fits into the thing is like um, as between the robots and the AI, which, okay. So, okay, so let's move so on. We're again, about, okay, we're, before you go, everything that's being discussed now is copyright Atlantic voice. That's right, okay. That's right, yeah. I'm just putting it out there. Well, the front. idea is there. The, um, uh, you know, other threats to the world. Um, there was a, a short column, opinion column in the Washington Post just this week, which <laughs> talks about how, like, maybe we're worried too much. It kind of goes back and forth. It, it's, it's somewhat, it's not tongue no, cheek, I want to say, actually, but no. it's sort of whimsical I, in times I, of things. No, but you know something? It, it began to change my own position. Yeah, and yeah. I will, as you discussed the article, I will. So, like, it starts off by talking about how. Uh, I think at Carnegie Mellon, they have these robots that are going around. They're yep. doing tests. And, and, you know, nowadays, a number, number of the colleges uh, have, like, the robots will deliver your yeah. food and stuff like that. But these are those dog-type robots. I don't know if they're from Boston company, Dynamics, Boston yeah, Dynamics Boston or Dynamics. somebody else. But, but whatever it is, it's like them, that. Yeah. And what they realized is that, you know, there's just certain hurdles in life that rather than try to get the robot dog, the, the example they use is an elevator, right? Yes. Rather than get the robot dog build the equipment so it can reach up and p- press a button. What if it just asked the person in the in the elevator, could you press right. the fifth floor? In yeah. fact, actually, technically, the article says, uh, can you press the button for me? And then I, I saw in the comments, somebody said, well, this isn't going to work very well because nobody's going to know what button, what floor to press. Oh, so, okay. But let's yeah. just assume, okay. we'll fill in the blank there and say, uh, you know, can you f- uh, press a button in there? And so basically, all these robots and to a lesser extent AI you know, maybe we're going about it all wrong and really we could fill the gaps with th- the rest of the world in the way it operates, you know, like to basically people would say stop and do these things or, or go here or oh, wh- which way direction you want to go down this street kind of thing rather than trying to solve every little thing by itself. Well, and here was an interesting thing and I did, I, I'm now obviously going to show my own ignorance with what I'm about to say, not for the very first time on this show, so long time listeners who, who are glad that we're back, don't worry, we're back to regular form. Yeah. I... I had had this thought about AI, and I had listened when I cut together the best of, which is the last show that's actually yeah. out there. I'd gone back and I'd listened to our show about when we did dealt with Jack, Chat GT, GPT. We have always assumed with robots that we're going to create something that will somehow be smarter than us. Yeah. Right? But in reality, if we're that stupid, how are we going to create something that is able to self fill in the gaps that we haven't made it? Right. So, w- what I'm saying here is, is that at some level, like any technology, like it works for us. I mean, that's the theory, right? And it's certainly true. And I'm not underplaying like, the notion like, that somehow it's going to get out on its my own, pr- but I'm like, My yeah, prediction, you know, my prediction I, for like 20 years out from now is we'll look at this stuff like the chat GPT and say what I think is true, which is it isn't AI. Like, AI is supposed to be something that would figure out things on its own. Right. All these things really are. Is are massive. What we've told well, them. Massive to an crunchers of data to know, yes. like, the yes. word this usually follows that, yes. you know, and, and, and not literally the word this. Yes. But, like, one word follows the other. And so I can make a sentence that resembles a thing. And that's, that's the perfect example of what you're yes. saying, which is it's not. It's not going to be any better than we got. And as we showed, I, I tell people, by the way, touting the podcast, and we, whenever we talk about AI in like some work context, I'm like, sure. listen, this is going to be a, this will sound like silly to start, but this will just give you an yeah. example and tell the story about how, you know, people go back and listen to that episode where we had AI describe something we had said about the dark side of the moon. That is album. correct. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And, and the thing was, we'd never said anything about right. the dark side. And it gave a whole story about the important stuff we said. And, and, right. that, and that is like a version of what people would call a hallucination. But then you realize, I mean, it's, it's grasping at straws, trying to put words together. So yeah, that's not I, smart. There was some other article talking about how like it routinely screws up math. Like, people give it a math question. That was fascinating to me when I read it. And it's not doing math, yes. like, because all it's doing is, like, what are the words I found together about, like, four times four kind of thing, and, and then screws up the math as a result. And that's what I'm saying. I think to a certain extent, you know, the, the wonderful thing about how this technology now is slowly becoming more prevalent in our modern society and our lifestyles is, in a strange way, like, like anything, once you become more familiar with it, you know it's not something that you really need to worry about. Right. And I'm not suggesting... Yeah, like, so that's what, well, this one you worry about, and, and actually, I, we should talk about the jobs piece of sure. it, but, like, that's not the threat to life. But, but yeah, no, like, this isn't... The chat GBT isn't going to kill us all. 
Right. Right. Like, like unless somebody basically says, oh, I'm going to take the thing it told me to do no, and go do it. Oh, <laughs> or likewise, unless we create it to do those things. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, at that moment, we can go, oh, so, so what point, I'm saying is. I mean, oh, this point, all it does is really, you know, it's true. Like, build a program that'll do this. And if it's really crappy as a job, it may, like, screw it up. But it's really just going to be pattern itself. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, you know, we always joke about how, like, robots might kill us. Well, they're only going to kill us because we are programming them to do so. Right. Rather than, oh, we've programmed it to bake a, you know, make bread and it's decided to start stuffing us in the oven, right? Yeah, like, exactly. it's right. just not going to make that jump. So, the, the other part so about now the, let's write the, thre- about the threat to jobs piece of it. it. This is why the article's a little funny. It's an opinion piece, I should say, not an article. But it's it segues from that, ver- that into the story part, into yeah. this jobs part we're talking about, like, using chat GPT and, and those things to write stuff for you. Right. Which is the classic thing, and I'm hearing about people doing it routinely in some non and I wouldn't say non-professional. Like we had to write up a description for some non-profit related thing, and somebody's okay. like, "Well, why don't we just have? The, we'll just I'll put the things in, and it'll give me a bunch of words." And I'm like, "All right, fine. If you're gonna like look at what it says, and I I have heard from people that like it, it breaks our like. There's a pain in the ass part of writing stuff where you've got to like. You just it just takes work to get the the start uh, yes. framework goes. So if yes. you could have a computer do the framework. So anyway, and these consultants they basically had a little challenge thing where they had a bunch of consultants answering asking answering some questions, some using AI and some using not. And they said invariably the ones that used AI it came out better. Now they weren't just plugging into the AI and being like here. They were plugging it into the AI, then taking back what they had and been like, okay, now let's move this here, let's change this. Like there was a cooperative effort, which I guess that's where it ties in because they talk about the robots being co-robots or cobots because it's cooperative as between the people and the robots. But and this is the notion of like use that AI stuff, and it made the product came out better on average. So I remember there's, there's a hook, there's a catch, but yeah. yeah. So I was never the greatest student when I was a kid. Yeah. But I was good at the things that I enjoyed, and I enjoyed the things I was good at. And for me, it was doing anything with the English language. Mm-hmm. So if you think back to when you're a kid, you learn all these. Once you've learned basic grammar, you then learn skills. And it's about praising and comprehension and taking something existing and making it more usable for what yeah. you need now. I do see. AI, how is using AI any different than us engaging those skills to the point you've just right, made right. that if you're writing a report, well, what's time consuming is reading the original thing, taking your highlighter and deciding what you want to. Yeah. So I, why is there an issue? Again, if you, AI exists to speed that up yeah, yeah. in a way. It's like using a calculator and, instead of right, doing it, math it, on a paper. Exactly. It is just a more advanced version of that. And so to your point, I, you know, I think that, and I'm not suggesting there aren't a whole load of people who are trying to use AI to not do that, to not do work themselves, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is not a super effective tool. Sure. For making work, yeah. take better. your two-hour project, make it a one-hour project. Right. Life yes. is life is yes. easier that way, right? It's the yeah. same way the calculator. And to be fair, it. if you're if you work in an office, you have two choices: you throw it to your underling to go and write the report, <laughs> right. or you or you you have the AI, which do. is where see this right. is where there's a threat. Yes. There's a job threat in there yes. in the sense that if if your company has to put out. 100 pages of stuff. Yes. And it can now do that with half as much human being labor. Well, then it will cut half of the people. Okay. You know, assuming it stays 100, doesn't get a turn expansion, does, you know, whatever it is, doesn't, all else being equal. I, if I got to put 100 pages out and I can save the labor force time by half of that, I don't need all those people anymore. The danger is not being killed by Terminator. It's having Terminator replace me as the third dude in the insurance office. That's the real danger. So here's where the kicker comes in on this, or this, is that they said, I'll be back with your quote. The people whose work it improved the most were the worst people. Like so, in other words, like if you if you <laughs> yeah, ranked yeah. if you ranked all your writers, <laughs> someone who wasn't good best, at math using the, pers- the calculator, the person that's who me, was yeah. best huh. at it huh. had a marginal. I'm making it up five percent no, improvement no, in their saying, quality yeah. or their time. The person who was horrible at it moves up. Now you get to pay the person who's horrible less. Right. You know, like, and that's where I do see like. I, I keep thinking of that. I don't even remember. Oh, Wally wasn't Wally the the uh, the cartoon movie where like all the 
people are sitting in chairs and they don't know how to do anything. They don't know how to do themselves. anything. Yes. Right. Just like people don't know how to do like right. when we talk about a calculator, I, it's easy enough to say multiplication, division, things like that. And, and maybe some people can't do that as a result of calculator. But there's also like computers who do much more complex calculation that if you have a computer doing a bunch of regression analysis and calculus, you are correct. Yes. You're not going to know how to do it. No. You would like if the computer wasn't there, you wouldn't know how to do it. And so you haven't learned the stuff. And in your version, I don't even know what Precy is, but like, you know, if you don't, <laughs> you don't know what to Precy is. I think it's, I, I think it's probably a word that you guys use for something that I'm Precy is to take a one page report and reproduce its essence in a paragraph. You've just oh. Precy'd it. Oh, no, I never heard of that before. It's a form of I mean, make, I don't make, the exercise, make, make, but you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's how you write the quick, the caption of so, it. So, but like, you'll never learn how to do it. Like, you basically right. from the ground up, you learn this stuff. Like, if you know, if you're. If you're a third grader and you use a calculator, which that's why they try to say, no, you need to learn how to multiply. You need to learn how to divide and things like that. But like even even if you you learn it, you'll lose it like over time by not doing it. So yes, essentially that is correct. Yes. Listen, at a simplified level, it's going to dumb us down. Right. Or dumb people down who do this and there'll be less jobs for them. There's less people interested in it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I saw an article today or not an article, like a website thing, you know, like, you know, and I somehow got suckered into clicking on it because it talked about how these were the worst colleges in America. Okay. And it was basically they compared the amount you paid for tuition versus the average earnings of people who graduated, okay. blah, blah, blah. So obviously an overly simplified measurement. Sure, a bunch of these schools were actually low yes. chaos, but a lot of people came out with low, jo- low paying jobs. But I was expecting to be like a list of 10 schools. And then I suddenly realized it was like 50 or 100 schools. And I'm like, there's no way a human being wrote this thing. That literally, they must have set a chat GBT loose okay. on a set of data about school school data about this, and now make sentences talking about like comparing the thing and is it good or bad? Yeah, you know, kind of thing. And because each one was only like ten lines long, and I'm like, all right, I'm not I'm not reading this. I'm not I'm not feeding the machine. Okay, <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. But but you know, um, the you know the. News at some level, news like basic news that you get not not that that exists anymore. By the way, like you know, just the the, the reporting of what happened at the town hall meeting, kind of thing. Yeah, okay. You know, like that stuff could be done by a machine, probably, or mostly done by a machine. And now this puts people out of the work. Now you have less journalists. Now you have less people trying. You have less competition. I mean, just like everything else, it's. You know, I could imagine, frankly, that the 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 old fashioned court stenographer. Hmm. That that is a classic yeah, middle America, middle anywhere job that you do, and you're a government official, and that is sort of the thing that perhaps could be replaced by AI because ultimately, again, it's all these or, basic, or it's just dragon naturally speaking, you know. Yeah, but it's all these sort of very basic, and I don't even, I don't, I don't even want to say analytical skills because that's the no, wrong word, just, but it's these basic skills that you're right that the AI will just replace. And again, we immediately presume it's going to go and do something else with it because we have been conditioned that way uh, from years of bad sci-fi, uh, mainly in alien movies where the robot arrives on a spaceship. I, yeah. I, my, my, my brother, uh, um, senior scientist of the pod, yes. um, had sent an article a while ago when I was going back through our files about AI and music, and I... I just I'm going to save that for some time later when we're doing a music related item because I want to listen to some AI created music and there's been stuff in the news so people kind of people know about. Well, it. Well, we are going to briefly mention something else going on now and how it, it revolves around the effect of the, the the place of AI in the workplace. Yeah. Whenever right. we're ready to move on. To yeah, the, yeah, I think so. We, there was another article of, that you had sent a while ago about like a there was like some sort of robot conference and these were all humanoid robots like and yeah. different like one was supposed to be a rock per I, I don't know there wasn't enough information to tell you like like what are these are they programmed with certain things well but that's the thing but it's the basically end. like they ask them all to talk to yeah. each other and tell whether they're going to take over the world or take your jobs and like the rock and roll one was like we should do everything and then the, the like um, the, the um, nurse was like oh we will never take a job from you and we'll you'll be fine we're going to serve you we're going to care for you kind of thing i'm going to posit a theory here the, the time to worry about AI is when AI is able to create uh, very effective science fiction. Because the minute it does, then you know it's sort of thinking beyond yeah, yeah, itself, exactly. right? Mm, I got a notion here. Because here's my thing here. When we said that about robots, your mind immediately jumps to whatever your own stereotype through popular fiction is of robots, yeah. right? And so what I'm saying is, the, the, the sign of artificial intelligence is, is going to be when it when it is able to effectively break through 
been and and, and again, science idea. fiction is an area like any kind of art, and to an extent, music. That I don't know if it's that old left left brain right brain thing, but it really it's the creative side of us, and I still feel, feel at the moment that AI exists in the recreative side of us. Yeah, and that's fine. Well, thus far, yeah, thus right. far, yes. I mean, that's the thing is, if it, if we worked on the the kind of things that are doing it now, if they wrote a plot, they would just use this. You know what they do? They, here's what they would do. Okay, they would listen to our podcast because they'll have the ability to go okay. on the internet and record that yes. stuff. And they will steal our ideas that we talked about just already in this podcast. That's why I keep copywriting so everything every noted 10 minutes. AI, yeah. If an AI is combing this transcript right now, do know we're coming after you. Oh. If you steal our <laughs> idea about the dirt from the asteroid getting out there and all over the place... Coming after you, like you know, I don't, I don't care. Like, listen, I could either sue you, or if you're not really a person, I could just destroy you. And yeah. I, you know, impunity. I'm not worried about. Well, that. what is it? Uh, season one of Westworld was written by people. Season three was written by AI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, so writing. This, right, so this right, is, yeah. I think, where you were headed there. It's, yeah, I just threw it out one there. Of the big, like one of the big arguments. The, the writer strike. I'm confused by the writer strike is over, but is there another segment of the artist stuff that's still I'm of the on understanding. Strike? I'm of the understanding as of the end of last week, we recording at the weekend before releasing the show that the that there is a you'll know the word better than me uh, a tentative agreement. Yeah. For the writers, for the writers. and 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 you know, Hollywood production companies that now has to go back to the to the rank and file for approval. But realistically, it would appear the writer's strike is about to end. The actor's strike, on the other hand, okay. is that's ongoing. What it is. And yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah, confusing yeah. me a little bit because I had presumed that the actors had kind of gone on strike as sort of yeah. an adjunct. W- like Writers it. Guild of America, WGA, yeah. has a, it says they've, Sign the contract. I don't know. If okay, so there is, is a it is contract yes. that's all either. I know it had gone back to the membership for ratification. Yeah, that, that might be it. Phrase. I think that's, that's probably correct. the way it work. Yeah. You sign it, and it's contingent on, on the, everyone the union voting. members. And this way, yes. everybody in the union knows what it says. It's yeah. not like, oh, we're just giving you approval, do something. You, you, you fin- it's like they do treaties. You sign a treaty, and then it comes back to the Because then there are all these articles it. about how the, the, the most outspoken writers were now going to get their work screwed over by management because management weren't happy with how they were talking about yeah, them. There is that theory out there but no i'm of the understanding that sag which is the screen actors guild yeah i think they have a slightly but but i think their their issues were also ai related right so anyway just of being on the writer's version is pretty obvious given what we talked about yes you could have an ai write a plot and it's grabbing things and there's a number of authors jody p colt and a few other authors have sued like ChatGPT for using their content to create new writing. Well, I saw this today, and I didn't. I, I just saw it before I left the house to come over here, and I don't know. It might have been in the Guardian that that there's a group of actors that are suddenly finding variants of their work showing up on Amazon. Yeah, has been yeah, written by someone else, yeah. and apparently it's all about people have been feeding in their work and sort of. Yeah, and I wish I had the article in front of me, and I don't. Um, but th- I thought that was interesting too. Although, I'm, and again, I wanted to say this too in terms of the conversation we just had. And I look, I'm not. I just uh, what we do creatively is a million miles away from what these what these people are doing. <laughs> but I cannot imagine that there is not one single member of the Writers Guild who, at some moment, who's been tasked with with in his writers' room with turning out another episode of. Uh, the House is Red sitcom, where they probably haven't lent on our AI at one moment to quickly get through the scene where Dave goes into the garage to get his car. Oh, I thought you were going to go to the That's fa- what I was about to I say. Gonna, I, I thought you were going to say, like, basically they're all taking stuff from each other, no, which at some I, level, like, like not consciously, like, I don't think people are plagiarizing, but the thing is, the way writers learn to be good writers is they're reading a bunch of other stuff, and at some point you don't even know. All, well, that's the old thing, isn't it? The, what's, what's the oldest thing you learn in creative writing is the best way to be a better creative writer is to read other people right that's that's the rule you're given when you're a kid and you're learning so at some level in principle the use of ai is not dissimilar to that to that tenet yeah. of how to do what the only difference being is it's not filtered through a person's brain. It's like that's sure. like like that's the thing. Like it's you know you you absorb writing music, same thing, right? Like you absorb enough from the stuff you listen to that like you don't even really know how your brain is sort of 
mixing in your own personality, your own tendencies, and sometimes it spits it out too close, you know, but but like you don't know how it's missing. The, <laughs> and I say to say, there's so much rubbish on TV, you're yeah. sitting there going, I can't believe this was written by a person because yeah, yeah, it's right, junk, right? right? right. I, yeah, so I. But, so, but, the, but it is, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a, uh, speaking as a person in the legal field, it is totally unknown how this stuff plays out. Like the, the laws as they exist on copyright and the like just don't, have a version of the way this works out. Like now, they have principles that you could maybe adapt to this stuff. Yes, but it is it is messy because you know? it does come back to ultimately what forms original thought. Don't want to get deep and philosophical right. in there, but but there is that, isn't there? Like, well, is that your idea, or you put those things together, but then the machine did something with it, and it became right. that idea. Oh, but it's still my idea because I put it... Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There is that weird thing where it comes back to this very base level of, well, what is original thought and right. ideas and how they come together. And again, your point is, 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 is very valid, that ultimately everything in terms of knowledge is us as, as the human machine gleaning from what's out there and then reproducing our version of it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so that's the Ryan's Guide uh, Guild, blah, blah, blah. What did that lead into? I guess movies. We're going to talk some No, movies. no, no. Oh. So no, we were going to talk movies, but not, not actors. We were going to talk about yes, the... No, that's, yes, that's the first thing. So <laughs> this show, <laughs> I... Well, well, no, go ahead. And, go I mean, Zeph has how. mentioned before... His concerns with overly long movies. Yes. Little did we know. You can listen to our very first show from 2012, and I talk about how I'm concerned at how long some of these movies were. Little did we know that even before our po- 2005, right? Is that before the podcast started? We, we started potting in 2012. Okay. We are oh, 11 yeah, well years before. on. Yes. 2005, this guy confronting that exact situation yes. of having to go to the restroom yes. during the movies came up with... This idea, and I don't know when he officially rolled out an app, but this app exists and it's called Run P. Run P, that's right, yeah. And um, that it would help people if when you went to a movie, you knew the best times to go to the restaurant. Yes. So this way, like, and it doesn't have to be that nothing's happening. It has to be just that, like, you could come back and you're really not going to miss a plot point. Right. You know, so the guy mentions, like, a montage or some sort of yes. little bit there. like, Or even if it's even if it's stuff that is actually plot driven if you can explain it in three words you know or, or you know a short no, sentence yeah, yeah. And, he, and so he started doing it i don't know if it was an app i don't think 2005 it could have been an app to begin with but whatever maybe it's on a computer because he mentioned computer, he like mentions website, in the yeah. early days you have to print it out yes and you bring it with you yeah. and it would tell you oh when you hear this sentence huh. and, and it like yeah. took care huh. to not have this huh. and, and and like to have this sentence come out now's the time to go you got about Two minutes, three minutes, whatever the amount of time is to get back there. And then they would have a little summary if it mattered, yeah. right? Like, oh, during this thing, so-and-so, I think they mentioned them. During King Kong with the battle with the spiders. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Sure, yeah, it's a battle yeah, with the spiders, yeah. but, like, and then they got through it. Like, right. it's not like yes. you really have to know, like, a real nuance to yeah. it. There wasn't, like, a big, big development. And so it created this app, and now it's an app. And him and his sister... They do this themselves. They like, this isn't AI powered. This is him going. This is what was amazing. Watching to me. the movie. Which this is, is what which was is amazing. What, which was me, makes yeah. it, what makes it kind of crazy because it can't be that big of a money. Like the thing is, if you have to go see every movie, write up all this stuff, you know, put in the breaks. Here's the time and like and it, but now it's now it's more sophisticated. You can get it on your phone called Run PF Run and it P. basically you if it's even you can just do it based on the words, but you can also it gives you a cue to start a timer when usually when the credits like the. Uh, like the Warner Brothers thing. Oh, fades yes, off like screen. the old DVD. You so can, that you can, look you can at your start phone the timer right now, and it will yes. buzz 30 seconds oh, yeah. before the time <laughs> where you should start th- <laughs> using the restroom <laughs> kind of thing if you need to. And it'll have like three or four breaks. I think they mentioned some extra long movie that three had six or four breaks. breaks? What well, the- I mean, not, not to, the, the idea isn't that you have to go for all of them. The idea is they're all available spots. Yes. Okay. Like, you know, so if you come up to one, you're like, well, I don't really have to go now, but then you wait for the next one kind of thing. And if you know yeah. where they all are ahead of time, you know you got three breaks, and then you might be like, well, I'm going to go and take that second one because that third yeah. one's pretty late. Yeah. Thing. Um, so, I mean, it's fascinating, you know, like, uh, um, for example, if you watch Tower in Inferno 
when Paul Newman's saving the kids, who really cares? You can go then. Yeah. You can actually go for a while if you want. But yeah. what you don't want to do is leave when Steve McQueen is about to do something or Paul Newman is doing something else. And we're we're part, pulling this all from an article in The Guardian. I was going to use The Poseidon Adventure as my example, yeah, yeah. but I decided to go with a different from, 70s. I was just, yeah, it was just last week this article came out. Like, I can't believe you didn't know about this thing already. No, until I read the article. Yeah. No, I hadn't. And so, because uh, I haven't been to the cinema. Um, the, uh, Frankly, I typed in Barbie for me as a, a man of indeterminate middle age, and it gave me a two-hour block to leave the movie. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So it's done as like an interview. So it's like, I'm sure they do this stuff on, on email, but it says, what's the most challenging movie to find P times for? Without question, Christopher Nolan's Inception. I saw the movie three, oh, yes. th- three times before I understood enough to say that this character actually isn't important to the plot. It's the guy that Cillian Murphy play, uh, played, whose dreams they go into. He said, yes. Killian, sorry. I always used to uh, call him Cillian. A, yes. a, lot of the, a lot of his scenes were P times because like, it didn't really matter them. In the relative to the rest of the thing, I can tell you what happened with his yeah. part. Of I, what's interesting to, to name poor old Christopher Nolan is I suddenly realized in hindsight that there were whole chunks of Interstellar mm-hmm. where I could have just wandered around and come back and not really missed That's anything. True. That's true. The one time I did go to the bathroom was when I came back and I'm like, oh. Did, did Michael Caine's character just die? Spoiler. <laughs> so I wish I'd had the app then because it would have given me a different 45-minute window yeah. to go out to the lobby. So I'm down. It says that Oppenheimer's got six breaks, and I'm maybe hoping maybe I could go see Oppenheimer tonight. Um, but I, I've downloaded the app. Oh, I'm going to be very upfront with you. I, to that point, I want to see it in the cinema, yeah. but I'm adamant. Now, of course, this is pre-app. I'm yeah, adamant so that I don't want to go to Oppenheimer and run out. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'll just wait till I can watch it at home and then I can stop it. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, that's... And he mentioned, like, I think something in the article talks about how it's uh, streaming, like, has a cut in. And they're like, no, people still are like, you know, they want to know, particularly if they're seeing it with their family. They yeah. don't want to make... Every time somebody gets up to use the restroom and say, like, can we stop it? You know, and everybody's got to sit well, around there for you know, a couple of minutes. I, I do remember... We should have a... It should be called the uh, Run Beer app. Run Beer. That's when I'm watching it at home, I want to go get a beer, but I don't want to well, make everybody gonna, stop. So I'm gonna we get are going to segue into not something else about the cinema experience in a moment. But it is interesting... You can go back and watch movies. I watch a lot of Turner classic movies because I like movies from the from the sixties, especially and stuff. But some of those old long movies actually had an intermission in them. Yes, right, right. You know, and it is interesting that as movies have got longer, and we mentioned poor old Christopher Nolan. You know, why they don't have inter- the, the reason they don't have intermissions is because that's one less movie. You know, let's reduce the number of times they can show in the movie a day. That is true. Yeah, but as we're about to cover, having an intermission actually yes. wouldn't be a bad thing. But yeah. again, it's interesting. Poor old Christopher Nolan, who we've kind of made fun of a little bit, and we've talked about his movies because his movies tend to be long. As someone who is so ingrained in the old school experience of cinema, bro, how about make building back in? And if you wanted to have an intermission. Everyone would do it, and then you could have your movie last for yeah. three hours and a quarter. Perfect connection to our little tidbit. I recently, and I was actually visiting with some folks I know from business, and they mentioned a tidbit on on some business that I work with. Uh, from they call him the Elliot Eisenberg, the Bowtie Economist, and he basically sends every single day. He sends out it's like his website is econ70.com. Apparently, it's it's another one that's like the website's been around since long before we okay. had Twitter and texting and things yeah. like that. So he used to put a lot of things up there. What's I forget seventy words on the economy a day. So he would put up econ seventy. Okay, and so but he every day I get an email that's like a little tidbit, and usually on the Fridays they're like. Um, Sort of more fun tidbits, okay. like you know, like less about like oh, you know, interest rates are going here, okay. or whatever it is. And this one, I'm just gonna read it straight. The Friday file during the first half of 2023, AMC theaters grossed 2.3 billion dollars. Ticket sales generated 1.3 billion dollars, so roughly half. Other categories, including advertising, auditorium, rental, arcade games, etc., generate 200 million. Food and beverage, 817 million. Yee. So, I mean, less than the movies did in ticket sales, but. The real kicker is that the costs of what they did for the food was so much lower that uh, it's a 434% markup on food products. And I'm going to posit a serious And theory. only a 50% mark. Oh, no, no, 100% markup on, like, the cost between exhibition cost and seeing a ticket. So, like, the profit margin is, like, 82% on the, on the food and 52% on the actual tickets to go see the movie. So, like you said, that's not a crazy idea. Now you think about it, like, yeah, listen, it just a, yes. a bunch of people don't, you get food at the beginning, but for sure, if you had a 15-minute intermission or 20-minute intermission, 
people would run out there and get a box of popcorn that didn't get it at the beginning, and that's just money well, now, faulted now, bottom now, this line. Is the thing. When, when you look at the movie-going experience now, and it's very different from all those years ago when we were kids, although in a strange way, how movies were presented, at least when I was a kid growing up in England, almost is a model for what should occur now. You go to the cinema now, the cinemas have invested so much money in comfortable seating, and, I mean, it's not that long ago where now you can get hot drinks and you can get alcohol. I don't remember that 15 years ago. And you can get get candy, your traditional movies. Oh, you can get pizza, and you can get this, and you can get that. The the old model of let's cram in more showings a day, in a strange way, I remember going to the cinema when I was a kid, and it was a feature. So you had some short little movie, yeah. then you had a bunch of adverts, then you had previews, and then you had your big movie. And I remember in between each of those segments, the lights would come up, uh-huh. and it would be five minutes of dead time. And I remember being a kid, and the lady would walk in the front. Oh, yeah, she with would stuff. Stand She'd be carrying food. That's right, stuff. right, right, right. Because I still remember, ooh, doesn't ice cream taste nicer when you have the little wooden spatula <laughs> thing than the plastic one? Right. But what I'm saying is the movie... That experience existed to get you in there and then keep taking your money. And in a strange way now, when you look at the profit margins, the old days of trying to, maybe it's better off spinning it out. Because if you've now made the decision to park and go in, then in your mind, you're either, even if you go in determined, I'm just paying for my ticket and I've snuck in my own M&Ms. At some moment, I'm still going to sit there and go... Yeah, you know, I really need to drink right now. Yeah. And that's where they're making their money. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, like, and, and when's the last time you've been to it? And we live in a pretty busy metropolitan area that the, the theater's full, right? Right. Like, maybe some of these movies, like, sure, when they Friday first night, opened, first open, yes. You know, but, like, after that, yeah. there's always space in that theater. And so they don't need to run it four times I, in a night. And I am conditioned. I think most of us are conditioned as, you know, you make the joke about watching at home and stopping to get a beer. But we are now conditioned... That, that that pleasurable experience yeah. is accompanied by either a beverage or food or both. We're just conditioned that way. It, it's, it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, sort of movie and uh, media-related. Actually, we'll start with the movie, closing with some obits, which is our yeah, regular stuff. Yeah, we'll do some obits. The, the first one you had rec- mentioned, more movie-oriented, uh, yeah, I guess William Friedkin. William Friedkin, the great director. He passed away a couple of weeks ago. And in fact, I, w- I was watching TV last night. I was actually watching I was watching Showtime. And Showtime were promoting something that they're about to release with Keitha Sutherland and Jason Clark and a few other people, uh, a reworking of Decane Mutiny mm-hmm. with... And I don't know, it's funny enough, I don't, the novel, I don't know that story so well, but it was interesting watching Keith Sullivan. It's basically, not often that you say the word Kane twice in a podcast, but it's totally different. Totally people. different Kane, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Keith Sullivan is sort of playing a Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men type character, which I find is ironic because Keith Sullivan was his sidekick in A Few Good Men. And it's and it's a special thing on Showtime, and, it's, and they've promoted it as directed by William Friedkin. I remember watching the trailer last night thinking, didn't that dude just die? But as it is, William Friedkin was this wonderful American director who, who who's made a couple of films over the years that you sit back and go, oh my gosh, that's a touchstone. The original French Connection, yep. which if you're not a movie buff, if, if you're not a movie buff, it's a film that you probably need to watch so you can say, I've watched that, which is one of the great sort of gritty urban thrillers of the 70s. I think I have a connection to the French Connection, by the way. Oh, you do? I'd love to hear that because yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> then he did sort of the same trick again with To Live and Die in L.A. He also made a remake of one of my favorite French films of the 50s called Wages of Fear, mm-hmm. which is a movie about these truckers trying to get trucks with nitroglycerine across. Very exciting. Across, across what? Though? Across like some South American country and the refineries blowing up. And so... Three, four or five dudes who were not sure that they're either are they criminals on the run, are they just layabouts, are they whatever, take the quick money to drive these trucks full of nitroglycerine through the jungle and across the desert and through the mountain passes to get it to the oil refinery. Huh. It was a movie made in the 50s, very exciting. Yeah. He remade it in the 70s called Sorcerer. as a movie called Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Yeah, which is actually... He's always said that was his favorite movie that he made, and the thing bombed at the time. But the whole concept to me is always exciting because it's about 
oh, these guys criminals, you're rooting for guys. He may have killed someone. Yeah. Why am I rooting for him? And then, of course... Live and, and Die in L.A. To live and Die in L.A., which is one of my favorite movies. Bug, but, in, Bug in 2006? That's not the... I don't know. I've never seen that. Yeah. Um, but he also made a film that I've never seen, and we were talking about this in the green room, um, which people will be seeing over the next couple of weeks. He was responsible for The Exorcist. Yeah. So even if you're not a movie buff and you're like, what's well, the French connection? I guarantee everyone, apart from me, mm. has seen The Exorcist or has some familiarity yeah, I, with it. I've the greatest horror of film of all time, yeah. even beyond The Shining. Yeah. The, um, uh, but he directed that. Uh, yeah, well, okay, we'll come back to The Exorcist in a second. Cause Sorry. I'm figuring out the new thing. First of all, I'm shocked that you see the you had not seen The Exorcist. No, I'm not a horror and film I, guy. I've been well, consistent with that. Yeah, but it's though. more than just no. I know, movie, I know. You know but I feel but like also, I, I mean, I, it's not like I watch it a ton of times. Like I'd be, I could kind of string together the plot if you asked me to describe it, but I wouldn't remember it. But I also had no idea who this guy was. Like I never connected it with the director, right, or sure. connected with French Connection. Um, so which I think he won Oscars for at least one of them. Yeah, it's his Oscar winner behind the French Connection Exorcist, and I, it doesn't say which one. Exactly. I think it was Exorcist he won it for. Yeah. Hackman, uh, Hackman won Best Actor for French Connection. Okay. So the French Connection connection, just briefly. Sure, hit me. I think, like, is, is, do I remember right that they're like smuggling drugs smuggling and cars? Smuggling drugs and cars, yes. So we had one of my neighbors growing up was had a car dealership. Okay. Uh, BMWs and stuff. Yeah, oh, okay. And apparently some of them were the cars that were coming through his thing. Like he had no knowledge of it, but like when they busted that whole wow. room or whatever it was, it was like... It was uh, the, the neighbor. I don't want to say the guy's name, but the uh, the neighbors. And he was he was Dutch. That guy. That okay, guy so these these were from the south of France, and it was heroin. And yeah. we didn't. The only thing we didn't do is lock in the rock. Look in the rocker panels. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Earth. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> I can quote that. I, one of the greatest movies ever. Yeah, I should, I should watch it again. I've seen it, but it's been a long time. Great yeah. movie. Popeye Doyle. Popeye Doyle. But The Exorcist, I've never seen. Yeah. Well, is it a, so I say this on a very like, base level because I don't do horror, right? Yeah. But is it a, obviously it must be a yeah, good yeah, movie. Yeah. On I a mean, in a weird way, time. like you could watch it. Convince me. I was trying to. I was trying to figure out if you could watch it, but you don't really have to super watch it. Like it's almost like you could. You could watch for all the pure horror scenes kind of thing, you know, like, you know, she's throwing up and things okay. like that. You could watch it with one eye. I mean, you'd look for like the visual elements to it, but it's not like there's a like. It would be the run pee time, basically, okay. because, okay, her head turns around in a circle. She throws up. She says, I ain't going to the toilet. Blah, 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 I'm not going to the toilet like in the like, dark. I'm home watching yeah. that movie. But, but, like, I think, you know, the other parts in between in terms of, like, the character development behind the priest and, like, his background, okay. that which they kind of softly allude to and their, and their dread and their you again, know, questioning of their own faith and things like that, that makes it more interesting. My relationship with horror movies tends to be sort of like like the Omen trilogy. Like, I've watched, I've watched, I've watched like, three of them. Yeah. Yeah. And the first one, you guys, is pretty frightening. And then in the second one, you're like, yep, that guy's going to get whacked by yeah. the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and then yeah. you're sitting there just getting it turns into like a fun fest. Yeah. And so I've always been that way, unfortunately, because I experience any movie that is not re- that, that I've not seen, I'm not watching because that has conditioned me. Again, right, I would. Sure, yeah, yeah. I, like, it's I not on your. You go, like, I want to get a watch here, but I'm not, not going to watch I didn't watch The Shining as a kid. I only watched it just later it because like, it's a um, Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I need to go. watch that. Well, that's a good. Right. It's not so, really a hard yes. movie, exactly. No, it's but you not. Should, but you should watch The Exorcist for, like, Halloween. I mean, all, all the kids all right. are out of the house, okay. so you can sit around and watch The Exorcist. Okay. If you want, we'll come over. Maybe we'll all watch it together. Okay. I might do that. Yeah. I might do that. Okay. But, oh, other deceased person. Yeah. Um, David... David McCallum. McCallum. Now, he was a Scottish act- actor who came to America in the 50s and the late, early 60s. He was in a whole lot of movies, including The Great Escape. He is one of the side, one of the British sidekicks, and so he's in that star-studded movie with all kinds of American stars. He was also in, and I, and I mean this dead seriously, a lot is talk. We've talked about this movie on a number of occasions. James Cameron's Titanic. Mm-hmm. There is a 1958 British movie about the Titanic called yeah. A Night to Remember. And in a strange way, other than the fact that the special effects are in black and white from 1958, the drama of the movie, and I mean this sincerely, there's no hokey love story. They've not created these characters. It is a far more... Accurate is the wrong word. It is a far more compelling 
this is what happened when the Titanic sank. Yeah. Other than the fact that all these look like models in a bathtub, well, it's right? like the the main uh, plot driver is the sinking is of the, the Titanic, sinking of the Titanic. Like, anyway, and like what, how it affects right. people. Right. And, and so, in a strange way, and there and there are moments. I remember when I watched Titanic, and then I watched this movie. You know, I think TCM or someone had played it way back yeah. then, and I it was the last time I watched it, and I'm watching it again, going. Ooh, that's exactly the same camera shot that the new guy has stolen from <laughs> and made it much better. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, David McCallum was in that. But he, he he came to fame in the '60s. He was one of he was on the TV show The Man from the Uncle. The Man from Uncle, right? Like, and that's so talking about not seeing things. Like, I totally you never no, watched those. I, maybe you I did, and I don't remember it because because I totally movies. Robert Vaughn. I mean, look, looking at the Napoleon pictures here, and I'm like, Solo. and I had I, oh my he, God. his character. Great was, move, great. Robert TV Vaughn show. was Napoleon Napoleon, Napoleon Solo. Solo, and he was Ilya Kuryak, and like so both of those things I totally know. It's just that I don't have any, any remembering, like of this. They TV used thing. to. This was a sort of TV show. He was quite a little like he was. He, um, where was he from? He's Scottish, He's from right? Scotland, yeah. Right, so he looks much more like a like a Swedish dude, like in that. Yeah, because he had that blonde. Yeah, and like, and he looks very Nordic, square jawed yes. kind of thing. And I saw this picture of him in that, in that same thing where he's he's uh, he was in um, NCIS of all things. What he was now, yeah, yeah. Like, but when you look at him there, it's I can totally see that it is the same person, but it's a whole different look to him. Like his neck is skinnier than his head, kind of yeah. thing. And so, like, it's it's really just seems like a whole different person. But I want to. It's funny because when we were talking earlier about sci-fi, he's blonde too, which yes. like this article makes a big thing about, or maybe I was reading something but in, else. But in, in, had like a beetle style blonde. Well, yeah, haircut. and thanks to the man from Uncle, yeah, he became like a massive sort of TV star in the way that, you know, people are on shows now and they sort of get into our public... Him and Robert Vaughn. Uh, In fact, the man from Uncle... What does Uncle stand for, by the way? United... It's not United Nations, or it might be United National... Criminal and law enforcement. Because <laughs> it's a goofy, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, sort yeah. of MIC. Well, they had to, we have to call it with Uncle. Somebody That was in the writer's room. Right. If you had only had chat GBT at the time, what you could have been like is, make me up something that brings out the acronym Uncle, and it would right. have given you all these things. <laughs> there is a, there is, uh, Guy Ritchie did a movie version about 15 years ago with the Superman, what's his name? Uh, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill and Arnie Hammer, which I didn't watch. Can't can't talk about Arnie Hammer. Right. It wasn't very good. (laughs) But it was always an idea. And again, anytime I mention this guy's name, like somehow I'm doing it because somehow it gives it heft. Quentin Tarantino has claimed forever that, because he's one of those guys, he sucked up all his culture. Yeah, yeah. He'd written a movie treatment and for years he he was going to try and direct it, have Clooney as Napoleon Solo, and either someone else or he he said himself, I'll put on a blonde wig. And this was after him and Clooney had done a couple yeah. of movies there and all that. So so anyway, Man from Uncle was huge. But but David McCallum, you know, like any of these Brits who've come over here, he was in movies and then in the 70s and 80s as TV got bigger. He was actually in two sci-fi shows I remember from his oh, right, you went. One was a version of The Invisible Man. And I remember growing up in England in the 70s and there were two mo- there were two TV shows about people being invisible in that way that <laughs> CBS right. would make one and then ABC would get yeah, sure, its knockoff. Sure, yeah. So so there was one with an actor called Ben Murphy who was in Alias Smith & Jones, which was like a play on Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. And that was called The mm-hmm. Gemini Man, uh-huh. where he'd been involved in some accident right. and he could make himself invisible by clicking his digital watch. Oh, yeah. David McCallum was in around the same time. He was in one where he'd been involved in some accident, but he created this sort of uh, latex. His gimmick was he would take his latex skin off and become invisible. Right. Well, because so, he was invisible, he had a latex right. skin on because so, yeah, so you so, could see him. And I remember that as a kid. And then he was also in something that was only in England called Sapphire and Steel. No, no, well, that's true. It's, uh, it's which AT, was, ATV. It says... Start with Joanna Lumley. With Joanna Lumley, and they were these like I think they were like alien enforcement agents. It's yeah, sort of a okay, that's sort of a sort of a play on Doctor Who, where they're aliens, but they would be like sort of alien police who would show up on Earth says and and track eponymous down extra dimensional detectives yes. sent to Earth to monitor threats to the right. time stream. Right. So you know, and it was all kind of, but it's interesting. I actually, when he died the other day, I actually went oh, back you know, in. I, I, Joanna Lumley didn't. Joanna you? Lumley. People famous. who don't know who it is, if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. She plays she's uh, Martin Robbie's aunt. Yeah, and she was in Absolutely Fabulous. She's mm-hmm. one of those. That's right. She, yeah. Oh God, but again, it's one of these sort of hokey ideas 
that always get kicked around and you suddenly think it's kind of before it's time because if they redid it over something like that would be a pretty good sci-fi series yeah. if done now with well that's with, fits with this full Rodden, circle because yes. but, it, but it, the whole thing is it doesn't even really have to be that good because i think that's what apple has figured out with this i i did it's possible i don't Which know comes this comes back to my question this show the show may turn out to be good so far it's good but, but it's like mysterious what's and this weird. one called again uh, invasion, invasion, which is okay. weird because there was another invasion too with uh, with some other people, but that was on a network. So I guess maybe they don't worry about the yes. consistency. Um, but uh, but like right now, I'm only in episodes where like there's really kind of no. Oh, by the way, I Who think it's in, in it? second season. No, it was, I don't know. Oh, it's really? Just a bunch of people. Okay. Like you know, it's like okay. typical kind of thing. Okay. But like that, the last the one I had watched before, most recently with that was also on Apple TV. Was C, which I've mentioned before, which is Jason Momoa. Yeah, in a world in the future. That, yeah. Actually, you know who the, is in that now? You probably know him now is the um the younger man who plays the uh, car driver in that thing where he's a video game driver and then he be GT Oh GT yeah yeah GT like, so he was, he's, whatever it's called he's yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. one of the kids who actually Not sight. it's GT. A, the world of the future everybody's blind and uh, and so he plays one of the kids who has sight Oh and wow so, like they like some people think of that as like witchcraft some like they have, obviously have a big advantage and so it's like people the first couple episodes like this is what hooks you in right is that there's a bunch of people battling who can't see like oh. and so the way they like change up their take and of course okay. Jason Moe is a very physical yeah. warfare kind of guy so it's perfect there it's even got um the other wrestler who's in Guardians of the Galaxy oh Dave um, Batista yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. in there um, as as Jason Moe's brother you okay know, they don't look oh, the fair same. enough yeah but, but <laughs> the, I mean, and then there was a, there was another show on there with um. if uh, Dave Batista was my brother the guy I'd be from Whiplash whose name I always forget Miles Teller no that old guy oh uh, J P McCormick. J- J- Something like Simmons. that. J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Well, I right. knew it was two letters. So there's like some sci-fi thing of there, him and another, I think maybe Sissy Spacek or something. Oh, like it, it, he's the one where where he, it's he's got a double ganger and he joke it goes from universe to universe. And uh, it was thinking, on. No, you're thinking of Othello. That Othello show. No, like, uh, no. look up J.K. Simmons. Um, it's about a thing, and he's a spy. But then there's a second world. No, that, and I nearly I, invested in that. That is good. Th- that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, this is uh, th- this newer thing, and it was. Uh, uh, oh boy. Anyway, it's a show, and <laughs> this one I actually gave up on because I, I read the reviews, and the reviews are like, "Listen, J.K. Simmons and and uh, Sissy Spacek, assuming I'm." Oh right, no, I know the one you're talking about. It's about an alien world. It's a gateway to an alien. Yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. They're I, like they're different. awesome. Yes, but the show drags on like you cannot believe. So I'm like, forget well, it. I was I'm not getting involved in this. When segment. I saw it was them, I nearly I thought, oh, I need to invest in that. Yeah, and then yep. I didn't. Yeah. So like yeah, so I did the same thing. I like okay. I watch a little bit. I'm like, uh, I'm not sure I got the time for this kind of thing. So we'll see. Anyway, anything else there? No, I don't think so. All right. So so again, uh, we, we we're back. I don't know when we're next be on, but if you're probably reg- next one, will have to be the uh, summer movie couple, recap. Yeah, probably. summer movie recap. But if you're a regular listener, we're <laughs> I back. I don't even know you put a best out of that. I gotta have to go listen to it. Well, you never. It, it's really like if there's only been like ten episodes in the last year. Oh, it, just, it, was a, it was a struggle. This year. <laughs> And and the uh, the mashup wasn't quite as good because we just didn't have enough we didn't have enough to choose from for the for the see the thing is you know because, listeners, because we've matured yeah, we don't do as many funny voices and singing and stuff that's true we have more pithy stuff I'm to talk about to bring more in although before I let you talk if you're a long time listener we're back and if you're a new listener. My partner told you at the start this was a show about nothing. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, you know, if we were like the, the thing is that we want to give value to the listener. Yes, we could enlist ChatGPT AI to script out half of it. It might take us half as much time, but that would be shortchanging. Yeah, it would be shortchanging you. All. Yeah, we, we need to yeah, have cause, original cause, thoughts from original human being brains. Because you know, yeah. Cause as far as you know, there's no way artificial intelligence could recreate my lack of intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anything else? No. I don't think All so. right. This has been the Atlantic Voice Podcast. I'm Zeph. And I'm Eric. Take care. You've just enjoyed Eric and Zeph on the Atlantic Voice Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Atlantic underscore voice. You can find the show at Libsyn.com, iTunes, and of course at AtlanticVoice.net. Email us at AtlanticVoice at gmail.com. And now on YouTube, Search for The Atlantic Voice. The Atlantic Voice, 3,000 miles of opinion.